Alright guys, welcome back to another edition of the Pals Podcast. This episode we have this year's Wayne and Teresa Embry fellows, Winta and Noah. Guys, welcome to the Pals Podcast. Thanks for having us. Uh, thanks for uh, having us on here. Yeah, so for those who don't know, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, the Teresa and, um, sorry, Wayne and Teresa Embry Fellows. Why don't you tell everybody what it is and kind of what brought you into it? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a go. Uh, so basically, uh, it's an opportunity each year for now two Canadians uh, to get sort of an opportunity to work with the Toronto Raptors. Uh, you spend the year working um, in all departments of the organization, kind of gaining an understanding of how the industry works through the lens of you know professionals in uh, each uh, department. And then you have a specific area of focus where you spend a lot of your time and really try and grow as a professional. Um, but yeah, no, that's a little bit about the fellowship. Anything to add, Winta? I think it's just really like a stepping stone into the NBA. Obviously, here as Canadians, there's only one team and sort of one opportunity to, to, to get your foot in the door. And they've created this opportunity opportunity to, to make it a little bit easier um, because jobs don't always you know come too often so this is your shot if you're if you're interested in working in the NBA so I think this is an easy assumption to make I'm assuming you're both big Raptor fans I think that's fair <laughs> favorite Raptor moment and George this is to you too and I think we should all be on the same page with this one but you never know I mean, it has to be the championship run in itself. Like, I mean, that's a lot of years coming. <laughs> there were some some tough times in the past, but we worked our way through it. And uh, yeah, no, it's cool to be a part of the team now and still have some people from that, you know, that championship run there. And yeah, no, it's pretty cool. I guess I should, I should have asked second favorite, maybe, because then we'd have some different opinions there. Okay, so let's go second favorite. And George, to you too. My, my favorite one is different. Mine's not actually the champion. Like, the trophy's nice, but it's not my favorite moment. My favorite moment was was a shot going baseline. Because I remember, this is kind of like maybe my ego a little bit pumping myself up because I'm old enough to remember Vince Carter's shot. Like, that's around the time when I started becoming a fan. And I, I, I'm no word of a lie. It was, my, it was me, my mom, and my dad watching this game. Um, and me and my dad like left the room. We couldn't watch the shot. He was like having like a panic attack. He's freaking out. He's a, he's, a, he's like been day one uh, season ticket holder. He's a diehard fan. So my mom and I are watching. And as the ball inbounds and he's he's cutting quite cutting over to the corner, I, I literally said, I'm like, oh my God, this is like Vince Carter's shot against the same team. Like, I don't know how I processed that fast because my brain doesn't work that quickly, but I just, I, I recognize it. I'm like, oh my God, it's a shot. And it went up and it bounced. I'm like, oh, it's going to go in. And it went and it fell. And I like, I got this feeling like, I mean, Rick, we went to some games and obviously like those feelings were, were unforgettable, but watching that specific moment, I don't know why when I saw that ball go in, I was like, oh, they're going to win the championship. Like it just, it kind of like, it felt like poetic justice, right? Like yeah. we didn't have that opportunity. And from that moment on, I was like, oh, there's no way they're losing now. Like it doesn't, this doesn't work. Like we don't get these kind of lucky bounces. You can see the Jays and like different teams and, you know, Raptors over the years, Leafs, like always the bounce goes against us. Mm -hmm. And when this happened, man, it just like a sign. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Winter, what about you? I mean, I think it's hard to, to say that that's not everyone's like first or second or third favorite moment. Um, I think for me was like, just like after winning the championship, like, I don't know about you guys, if you guys were in Toronto when that happened, but like, I immediately left my house and I was like, I need to go to the masses. <laughs> like, it's crazy to think about what, what that moment in COVID, but um, and just seeing how like happy the whole city was, like, it was unreal. It was so crazy. Like, and that, in that moment, like the parade was great. Don't get me wrong. But like right after was just something else. I don't think I ever told this story on the pod, but the day the Raptors won, I, so I, I bought my first home. Um, maybe like two months before, obviously June 13th. So I was supposed to move in June 15th. I called my realtor. I was like, I don't care what gets done. We need to move in June 13th. Like it was a Thursday. I was like, look, the raps are going to win. I need to be there. So I could just like, we could go out and enjoy it. I watched the first half of the game without a couch. <clears throat> my couch hadn't arrived from Le Leon's or whatever. So we watched the first half of the game. It's like maybe three minutes left in the first half. And the guy calls me, hey, I'm downstairs with your couch. I was like, I just sit there and wait can't leave. He's like, I, I'm in a rush. Like, it's your fault. You're supposed to be here two hours ago. Like sit there and wait. And the guy carried like the piece. Uh, it was like a four piece couch, carried them up piece by piece. It's like the last like couple minutes always take a little bit longer, but yeah, I, so I live right on King street and 
So I, we went out, obviously. Yeah. yeah, I had a crazy night. <laughs> got back, and this city, like, I got home pretty late, and I couldn't go to bed because everybody outside was still going. Yeah. Ended up going back out and just, remember, like, there's Plant Guy, or what was his name? Plant Guy? Tree Guy? Yeah, it was Plant Guy. Plant what? Guy. I feel yeah. Like yeah. Quactus. Yeah, the Quactus. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, so aside from, aside from winning the championship, what's yours? Oh man. Um, I want to say that I think back to that one playoff series against Indiana. I don't know why that one stands out to me. It was like a couple of years before it was when like Norman Powell kind of made his like, like research or surgeons and they, <laughs> they cling to the playoff Powell uh, thing ever since then. Um, but yeah, I don't know why that series really stood out to me. I was like, man, like we're on the map now. Like we're kind of like a team to be reckoned with in the playoffs. Um, yeah, no, any of those series where like when Jurassic Park started being a big thing and like, you could just kind of feel it building. And like, I was on the West coast at the time. So it's like, it was weird because it was the first time where everyone like on the West coast was starting to take credit. Like, Oh yeah. It's the Canada's team now. And it's, (laughs) uh, it kind of stands out to me. I feel like the, we, the North brand really changed it from a Toronto team to a Canadian team. When I came out, it was just. I still think to this day it's one of the greatest slogans for a team. Or not slogan, I guess. Yeah, yeah, whatever. It was marketing. Yeah, no, that was definitely a big Brilliant. one. Yeah. I guess I, I want to oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Rick. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say one of uh, the ones that nobody mentioned, Shockley, is the Vince Carter slam dunk competition. I remember being a kid, like lowering the basketball net in our <laughs> neighborhood to like the six feet yeah and i was maybe like four foot at the time like with a little ball trying to like do the three through the legs dunk. funny enough i actually keep my uh my raptors net on my desk at work oh wow i uh, got that there but yeah slam dunk i remember being a kid just oh, it's hard. <laughs> well i was trying that last week at sky zone for like his birthday <laughs> oh so. i think everybody tries that sky zone <laughs> no i can't do it though i'm just not good <laughs> So I guess that I like I, we'll ask each of you whoever wants to go first, but like what really besides being I guess Raptors fans, what really led you to the fellowship? Like what what appealed to you about it? What was that like, you know, that North Star that guided you there and really, really inspired you to kind of, you know, partake? I think for me was like I was I was working um as a physio. So I was working in healthcare, um, mostly with like teens, kids and teens, but I was also like coaching basketball on the side. And I was familiar with the fellowship a couple of years into it and had known like, well, sort of loosely known someone who was in the fellowship a couple of years back. And I was like, oh, wow, this is like, you can work in basketball. Like you, that's not something you think of as a kid. Like if you're not going to play, you don't think of it as being a career. And so once that sort of became more of a reality, I was like, oh yeah, I can sort of take the skills that I've developed in my professional career and like inject it into like working in pro sports. I was like, that would just be like a dream come true. Like everyone loves like sports or the people who love sports love it. And like to make that your job, I was like, that I have to try it at the very minimum. So applied and then didn't get it lost to this guy and applied again. And I was like, all right, we're in. So <laughs> <laughs> my biggest accomplishment today, <laughs> beat no win to once. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, I guess for me, it was like, um, yeah, I mean, I've always grown up, been a big basketball person. I was that kid who was like, yeah, I'm going to play in the league one day. And like, you know, went and played college and you started sort of start like gaining a bitter, a bit of a better sense of reality and like, okay, you know what? My limit is, you know, here. And then it's like, once you sort of hit that window, it's like, all right, well, how can I keep pursuing, you know, the career in basketball or in sport or whatever it is. And I don't know, I was kind of trying my hand. I was sort of worked in the Kines side and was like, you know, strength and conditioning. And then I did my master's in sports business. And I was kind of like trying to figure out, okay, well, how do I get an opportunity to work in sport? And like, you know, and then I was just like, literally just Googled like, all right, uh, opportunities with NBA teams. And then this one came up and I was like, man, this is perfect. It's in Canada. It's, you know, my team and it's hit a lot of different things. Like, you know, the rotational aspect where you get to work in all the different departments and experience the whole organization. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it just seemed like a great fit and it worked out. So, yeah. 
what's uh what's been your favorite i guess department to work with because you guys said that you each get uh get to experience a little bit of every department so eat to each you whoever wants to go first what's your favorite department or what was the favorite part about uh i guess yeah department that's a good one. Um, I mean, my area of emphasis is with coaching and player development. I spend most of my time there. Um, I mean, that's great. Like, you know, getting to be on court every day and just working with the guys, it's, it's cool working with like 16 coaches that all have like incredible experience in the league and, you know, even, you know, learning from the players and doing that and, you know, figuring out where you fit and all that is pretty cool every day. Um, but like for my favorite rotation, I would say, if draft workouts counts as a rotation, I'm counting it because we we started our whole experience out in Tampa and it was it was pretty cool, like being a part of bringing in like all the prospects, taking them out for meals, getting to know them, then working with them on court, just seeing all the different steps in the draft process. That was a pretty cool experience. That, that was your chance. Hey? That made you feel like you made it there, eh? Yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> what I, about would- you? I would say that the area that I was focusing in, which was wellness and development. So it's sort of like everything off court player development from mental health to like financial education, anything that a player needs to help them excel off the court um, is like, you know, what that department's responsible for. So I would say that was definitely my favorite, but I would say a, se- a very close second was my 905 rotation. So we actually spent uh, about three weeks with the Raptors 905 and it was at a time where we had already been through the majority of the rotations with the Raptors. So we already sort of got a feel and like experience in doing like multiple things. And then we were just sort of like really thrown into like, all right, well, you're going to do these things here now. Um, and the people there were just like, were great. So it was, it was, it was awesome to like really get your feet like wet and like um, interact. They're like a much smaller group. So it's like a, a very tight knit, like family type vibe. So that that was really great. Awesome. No, uh, no, I do have a question. You said you worked with, with, uh, like all the coaches kind of thing. Um, this might be an easy answer, but was there one coach that, that maybe it's not, his name's not nurse, but is there, was there one coach that you think like was at a super high IQ or something like you were like, wow, I learned a lot from kind of listening to this person talk. Was there someone that stood out? I mean, if you can you yeah, know, share anything. Of course. I mean, I think that the interesting thing is that there's like just so many years of experience and everyone got there a different way. And like, I mean, obviously coach nurse, like, you know, his, you know, like way of doing things is kind of unique and he's pushing barriers a lot of ways. And it's really interesting learning from him each practice. But I mean, there's so many incredible coaches on staff, like uh, fab. Uh, he He's amazing. He comes over from the UK. He has all these years of experience coaching the UK. And like, I've just never seen a more passionate like coach who just like has such a good feel for the game. Um, I'm trying to think like, there's so many great coaches. I mean, learning from coach Earl, like he's like, I love his perspective on things and what he's taken from like his other experiences, coaching. Um, I could, I could list so many more. I think Nate Mitchell, like our, our, you know, homegrown Canadian coach, like I love his technical approach to the game. Uh, I think it's all about stealing little bits from everybody. Um, I mean, my mentor is uh, Jim San and like, he's like, man, he's, there's nobody who, is more committed to being there for the players. And I, I love his approach to, you know, building confidence in guys through like creating these different situations for them. Like it, it's cool. Like you just try and take a little bit from everybody and uh, go from there. That's awesome. You must've got like, that's, I can't even fathom that. Like, you know, you could go start coaching. Let's say you started, you know, coaching, you know, junior ball somewhere in Canada, work your way up even to the rep system and then the double AU and all that, and then get there. Like, you still probably wouldn't get as much experience as you have sitting in a room with those guys for like an hour. If you think about the cumulative years that they've, they've earned, like I, I honestly can't process it. Cause I can't even think of what they each know. Like, I mean, I even just watching nurse on court. I'm like, this guy used to drive a bus in Iowa to get his team to games. And like, imagine what he experienced there. Like he could, he yeah. could probably teach you how to, you know, run a high screen and change your tire at the same time. Like it's <laughs> you know, crazy, but that that's, that's super cool. I can't, I'd imagine that's super invaluable. It's yeah, it's jam back. I literally have to like stop and try and write as much stuff as I can down at the end of every day. And no, I, I think the big thing is like everyone has their own style. There's no set way of doing it. And I think like for me, like I'm trying to shape my own style and I think just trying to take as much from everybody as I can and, you know, mold it to work for me. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. I mean, Wint, I want to ask you kind of a similar question because obviously 
you know, like being with the wellness side, I mean, and Ricky touched on this a lot, so maybe this is up his alley, but like the wellness aspect of sports, I mean, you know, there's always been, you know, the ice baths and all that kind of stuff, but the mental aspect is, is so big today. You see all these like pro athletes coming out, speaking about a mental health, which is, which is huge for and not only raising awareness, but showing people that, you know, just because you're a superhero on the court or, or on, on the ice, whatever it is, like we, everyone, they're, they're all human and like, like everyone else. So I guess like, what's it like being involved in that aspect and seeing it? Cause I mean, you know, it feels like we're kind of in the early days of, you know, the mental health aspect in sport. So, I mean, that's gotta be pretty cool to be in at like the ground level and seeing how they shape and build these programs. Yeah. I, you, and you're bang on with that. Like the NBA has really only started to focus on it in these past few years. And like the Raptors have sort of taken that and like ran with it. And the department that I was working in um, is led by a, a psychologist. So like he has made like it an emphasis to like it being like ingrained in sort of everything that that team does um, and really making sure like there are strong connections between his department and the medical team and that, you know, they're in constant communication so that, you know, when the guys are injured or if, you know, there are things going on that all those people who are providing therapy for players, you know, are like understanding where guys are at and are helping where they can. Um, but then like, you know, we make sure that there are multiple people that people can go to and, and players can go to, to talk to. So like we have two clinicians, so you don't have to just go talk to the one person. Um, so Janelle, she, she works with her team part-time and she's also another great asset um, to guys from a mental health front. And then the other uh, two wonderful women who work in the wellness and development team who are doing a bit more of um, the, the, the off-court development piece um, also, you know, from a non-clinical way, way, but like being there for guys and being supportive are, you know, making sure that all the little things that guys would need help with are getting managed and, and are also helping. Like when you think of mental health, it's not just like when things hit a crisis, it's just like making sure things are okay as, as, as the year goes along. Um, and they're really good at making sure they're intuitive and, and know where guys are at. So yeah, they're, they're doing a really, really great job. To, I, I, to build on that, I know that football has been talking about concussions and addiction for a long time, right? Even in hockey, there were so many kind of players that, that you know, had some very unfortunate accidents. And it, it's a lot more popular in the more contact-heavy sports. But I feel like DeMar DeRozan was also one of the first, like, mm -hmm. like real superstar NBA players that came out publicly. I mentioned that. I think it was back in 2018. or I think it was just when he left the Raptors. Honestly. Yeah. And that summer, he talked about it. And it was, like, the biggest story. Because, again, you see these guys. And because basketball, you're so close to them, you get that, like, you, you see, these are massive men, majority of them, you know, they're six foot five, absolutely jacked. And like, you're like, these are superheroes and they, they fly through the sky, literally. Like, yeah. And you think they're superheroes. And then you hear someone like DeMar DeRozan, again, slam dunk champion, superstar, all-star. I think he was like third NBA team once. He's, you know, the guy. I think, I think he might've even been second. Maybe. Second? I think so. Right. You're wrong. Anyways, modified all-star, like superstar in the league and then he comes out with something like that and then i think kevin love came out right after him with something and then it's like you see that that everything happens and like you said you don't want it to be where point people need to get to that point where it's that crisis but it's those everyday check-ins like i use this example all the time like if your teeth hurt you go to the dentist but even if your teeth don't hurt you still You're go still to the going. dentist for yeah. checkup yeah, you know, like, it's not like oh let's let's wait till I have a, I need a root canal or a cavity to go to the dentist. Like no, hey, let's just go get checked out. Sometimes you just go to like you stretch before a workout. You don't stretch after you're hurt. You stretch. Hey, you know, let me warm up. Let me make sure my body's good so I can go work out. Blah blah blah. So uh, it's big on that, and I like I'm glad that the kind of MLC is leading the way in that because it's such a big part of sport now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like knowing that it's like a spectrum, right? Like mental like you don't have to wait until you're getting all the way to mental illness to like treat it like people are gonna have good days people are gonna have bad days people of all shapes sizes colors whatever financial situation are gonna have goods and bad days and need like making sure that you can meet people where they're at and give them support as they need it um i want to ask you kind of a question as well because obviously you said your background is in physio which aspect do you do you find I don't know if more interesting is the right word. I guess what appeals to you more? Do you still like the side that you kind of came up with where, you know, understand, the, the, you know, the, the, the physical demands of it? Or is this like, you know, the mental aspect kind of appealing to you? Or is it something kind of completely even unrelated on the wellness side? No, I, I think I think it's a bit of both. And I think like 
obviously as a physio, it's not, it's, you know, it's not my specialty to like diagnose or like to treat someone with mental illness, but like, especially during the pandemic, I was working with like teenagers who were like obviously struggling with not being in school and not playing sports. And you could see how much of an impact like the cognitive and mental piece had on their day to day and had on their recovery and their injuries. And like, you know, part of my job was to sort of like be able to see that that was an issue and like flag it and like help educate that like these things can be impacting the way you feel generally. And um, there was, there's no way to like help make someone feel better without acknowledging that piece and pulling it to the, uh, to the, like to the forefront. So um, I think it's just being able to sort of come together and pull the, pull, pull the things together. Um, So definitely, I think there are people who are just better at than me doing the physio piece and I'm totally fine with it. Um, But I think what I'm really good is like seeing the bigger picture and like sort of connecting the dots Um, and, and, you know, making sure everyone on a team is sort of on board with that. I think it's one of the cool parts about the fellowship is you kind of get to see how the different departments interact. And I think sometimes like with any organization, you can get really focused on your area. And the cool part is the fellow is you really get to gain an understanding of what each, you know, group is doing. And, you know, even say, if I want to be a coach, understanding what medical is doing is going to help me be a better coach because I'm going to understand better where they're coming from. And it's not going to feel like they're working against me and I can help work with them. And, you know, it's like, you know, when management is working towards something and people always talk about, you know, coaching and management, butting heads, understanding where they both come from can, you know, make you a better, you know, person in management and can make you a better coach. And it just kind of gives you a better understanding that, Hey, everyone in this organization is ultimately working towards the same thing. And um, yeah, no, it's, it's really cool. Um, this is again, another one for, I think for both of you, um, feel free to answer how you see fit. Uh, what was the biggest surprise to you in this whole process? Like, what is it could be the randomest thing that kind of was like, Oh, this is super cool. Or wow. I didn't know that this was like this way, or these, these departments communicated, or is there anything that's kind of unique that was, uh, was kind of cool to discover? I mean, I think like when you enter and like obviously coming in as like, you know, a Raptors fan, you you sort of wonder what every person is going to be like. And like, you know, these people you've watched on TV and like, you know, I I think the the thing that you realize very quickly is that, Hey, this is all just basketball at the end of the day. These are people aren't, you know, superhumans. They're incredible athletes and this and that. But I think like, you know, once you're actually there, like the cool thing that you suddenly realize is like, Hey, these are just, you know, normal people. And I think the Raptors do a great job of bringing in like good people that are, you know, good coworkers at the end of the day, you know? So, yeah, I think that's been kind of the biggest, you know, I mean, not surprise, but just like, you know, I don't know, I guess kind of pleasant surprise, but yeah. yeah. I think for me was like, you know, when NBA season is long, but you like don't really realize it until like you're in it. Like 82 games is a long time. And like to understand like what that does, like I'm not even playing it. I'm like exhausted, but like to people who are playing, like how like mentally and physically fatiguing that is, like you will never understand it until like you're like somewhat in it. Like, no one would understand it more than me because he's on the court way more often. But like, if I was on the court for a few weeks, I was like wiped. Like, it is like a lot of work. It makes me realize that the greatest feat in professional sport is LeBron still playing at the level he is. Like, like games played and minutes played, like, is honestly one of the more impressive stats. Like, you can do all these points and this and that, but if you can stay on the court until you're 36 years old and still be dominating, like, I don't know how how on earth like it's impressive like it's even like the idea of brady like playing at a high yeah. level at 43 or 44 whatever he is yeah remember he's got 25 year olds who are at the peak of their like or 30 year olds who are at the peak of their fitness levels coming at them you know 30 kilometers an hour off the edge or something maybe not 30 but uh, what's the what's the most interesting is that if you think about like lebron james or a brady these guys who have kind of you know beat father time not only do they keep winning, well, I guess LeBron, a little bit, let's see, but, uh, but they like, they've beat father time and they've also played more games than anyone would have at the point in their career. Like, it's not like they just like played the minimum amount of games and just weathered like the injuries. Like yeah. they've probably played the equivalent. Like I know Brady, uh, sorry, LeBron, I think a couple of years ago had played a full two extra seasons relative to where he would have 
if he not played all those playoff games, which mm-hmm. is insane to think about. So he's playing like more games than he needed to, I guess would otherwise, and like still made it. It's just, it's, it's remarkable. I think it's, it's crazy. Like to your point, that achievement in and of itself is like they're winning and making it that far, which is, uh, which is pretty crazy. So I'm going to ask a question on that topic. Who's the greatest basketball player of all time? Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> all time. Oh. oh. When do you go? So. I, I know, I know. <laughs> throw like a complete. Try to keep because of your toes, you know, they're changing. I know, I know. Right. I always, you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. I'm always wishy-washy with this answer. Like I flip back and forth like every year. Depends whose documentary I'll do, comes I'll do out. <laughs> <laughs> you're right after the last on, Jordan like, documentary Jordan. On, Jordan. It's 110%. I'll, I'll say i'll say lebron's my guy i think he's like, <laughs> I, maybe we're biased because we got to witness it and like you know it's like i think like what he got drafted in 2003 like we were there for it's like it's crazy that i've been around for his whole career it's still going it's been like 20 years almost like i don't know the guy's pretty special <laughs> yeah i think i think I might ha- I might have to go into that. I don't know. I don't know. It's just too hard. I'm I'm the kind of person who says there's a dominant player in each era, and they're both the best players of all time. And I'm not going to give you a firm <laughs> Very answer. Politically correct so, answer. Too way too politically correct. <laughs> all right. Then I have a, then I I was going to ask this. Rick. I want to ask it a different way because this one is this is a, a, a it's it's kind of like you have to dig into like think about this one. Who is the most important Raptor of all time? Not who's again, it's up yeah, for yeah. interpretation, but who was most vital for this sort like Ky- in your Ky- opinion? Kyle Lowry. I I'll, that that's for me. That's a way easier question. Yeah, I, I would agree. <laughs> I would agree. A lot of people say something. I that's my answer because I you know, some people might sit there's a couple of people you can, you can go to, but I would I would agree. I would almost, almost say Damar. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like he was the first one that like when people talk about the Raptors and the strength of the organization, they talk about their development. Like Demar was like one of the first stars that we like developed, like, you know, from turning him from like, you know, a, you know, a fairly, you know, he was, a, he was a solid draft pick, but to like, ninth, yeah, star that he is and like putting us on the map, like, man, or, or you could say Vince, like, I mean, would the Raptors still have a team relevant yeah. on the map? Like <laughs> would we be like Vancouver and, as you guys remember when the, the games were at the Sky Dome and they only played in like they only sold a corner of the of the stadium? Just mm-hmm. you look at pictures like this looked yeah. terrible, right? Like way back then. Absolutely. Rick, who do you think most important Raptor? Uh this is an unpopular opinion, but I go Kawhi. No Kawhi, there's no championship. I love yeah. it. Well, it's, it's, listen, you can say that too, but you can yeah, also say no, no Lowry, no playoffs. You can uh, say of course, like, yeah. He's never missed the- Yeah, without Lowry, the you know, they don't make they don't potentially ever get Kawhi, right? Same thing with DeMar. Without DeMar, there's no Kawhi. Without Vince, maybe there's no Raptors organization. Yeah. You never know. Just I remember yeah. that year when they made that trade, and it was, for me, I remember thinking this is, you know, this is bringing a, like a, an elite-level player to this city. This, this is going to – this is a game-changer, and it, it was. And still, June 13th, man, one of the greatest days of my life. I got to tell you, you guys don't know this, but I got a tattoo for it. Like, oh wow big, like me and george went to probably 10 games that postseason i cried when we beat the bucks i was sitting next to him yeah, he, me and ricky me and ricky both have uh our, our fathers have season tickets so like mm-hmm. we, we've been good friends for a very long time and even like our dads and our buddies um we uh yeah so i didn't i my uh my siblings like we you know we kind of fight to go to games i didn't get to go to the to the bucks game six and rick's like listen just come with me i got tickets i'm like all right amazing <laughs> I saw, I was sitting, I started laughing so hard in the game. I look at Ricky and he's yelling so loud. He starts like hyperventilating, crying. I was like, I'm, yeah. there, I'm happy, man, but I don't know if I'm that happy. And Rick's like, just bawling. But it was, a, it was, a, that was crazy. I just, do you know what it was? It's, we'd been to so many like finals and we just couldn't get over the hump. And it's like, I didn't care if we win the championship anymore. I'm just, we're there. Got over that. You got, yeah, yeah you're right. You like, now we know it's possible, right? We know mm-hmm. we can get there. Once you do it once, it's like, it's not impossible. There was, a, I think it was three years back to back to back. You know, it was just like LeBron, LeBron, LeBron. Like, are you kidding me? Like, and then we, we got there and it was, oh, I, 
I remember that whole game. We were, me and George were standing all day. People behind us like, hey, do you mind sitting down? We're like, no. <laughs> I mind. <laughs> you know what? I have to, sorry, I have to change my answer. You know the most important Raptor of all time might be? Masai Ujiri. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about that. But if you think about Raptors organization, holy yeah. cow, that, that guy deserves a Nobel Flipped Prize. Deserves, yeah. he's, 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 gonna, he's gonna have a statue in Toronto. I hope so. I you hope know so. they have like all those things right outside the ACC. They should. They need to do like a Raptor one just on the other side, and he's got to be the first person. Well, and Kyle, obviously, like he's like the last. Uh, I was so, going to ask something a little go different. Ahead. Yeah, go um, ahead. Ray. What's a like a moment in the fellowship that really like one specific moment that stands out? It could be like super embarrassing, super funny, <laughs> or maybe just like a feel good moment that when you look back, it's like boom, that you know I. Kyle was walking by and I slipped and fell, or maybe not Kyle, but you know, OG was walking by and I slipped and fell, and you know, he held me up or something. I don't know, something like one of those feel-good moments or something. Noah has a really good one. I, you have you, the story; you just will never get old. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is what I live for: stories like this. Like I just know it's going to be good. I don't even need to hear it yet. Like, <laughs> um, well, one game when we were playing Milwaukee, uh, I was on court for shoot around. And usually we'll kind of do like coaches kind of do sort of like offensive sets. So like, you know, I'm on court and like, you know, running through some of Milwaukee's stuff. So players can kind of play defense. Um, and then, you know, we're going through this stuff and then all of a sudden coach nurse turns to me and he's like, all right, Noah, you're going to be honest and you're going to punch it up the middle in transition and we're going to wall up on you. And I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, Oh gosh, how did I get chosen to be honest? All right, here we go. And then I can hear the guys being like, who's Giannis right now? Who's Giannis? And um, all I can hear is Fred chirping in the back. He's like, no, you're Giannis. That's Pat Connaughton. That's not Giannis. <laughs> <laughs> Dying, but yeah, that was, that was a fun one, but uh, yeah. That's amazing. I, I don't have a better story than that. I, th- I think, I think maybe one of our highlights, it was like Pascal was getting like getting back into playing. And like right before he was cleared to do on-court activities with the team, he had to play against coaches and we all just got cooked like consecutively one-on-one. Like you see him doing his job, like mid-range pull-ups, but that, that was because of us. <laughs> I do. I do remember the first time uh, Coach Mutombo was like, "All right, uh, Winter, you go guard him." And Pascal was like, "What?" And Winter's like, "Yeah, I got this. I got this." I, he settled for a jumper and he missed it. And for, right, from that moment, you should have stopped right on that moment because you were the Pascal stopper, right? But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Did absolutely nothing. Did absolutely nothing. Was just standing there. It was a fluke, but I'll take it. <laughs> well, that, that's awesome. Like, you guys get to actually experience like what it's like to be a Raptor, not just on the court or in the like head office. Cause again, we see it, you know, as, as everyday people, you know, you watch the, um, what was the documentary called on the court, off the court, open gym, open gym. There we go. Like you watch these things. And you're like, it's cool to watch it and see it from a, a player's perspective and a coach's management, blah, blah. But you guys fully lived it. You know, like you got to, you're telling us about how you were, you got to be honest against the defense. Like you're, you're blocking Pascal. Like, Oh, I didn't block him. You attempt to, you, you stand in front of him. I, for, I forced a miss. Let's say that. Rim protection. Good defense. There we go. Oh, man. Uh, no, That's it's awesome. definitely, it's definitely you sometimes have to stop and appreciate. Like, you know, it's like, wow, this is pretty cool experience. And, you know, who knows where it leads from here. But, um, yeah, like, you got to appreciate the moment. I, I got a kind of random question. What do you think it was about you each individually that helped get you selected for this? What do you think was your secret sauce that made you stand out? That's a good question. I think for me. Appreciate that. um, I haven't been getting a lot of good ones lately. (laughs) (laughs) I think for me, it is like the type of experience and the amount of experience that I came in. And then also my personality. I think I'm like a good person to work with. <laughs> um, but I, pardon? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a fun person. I'm a fun guy to, to work out, uh, to work with. But I think like the, the medical, like coaching background is like different. Um, and then I think that I had been working for a good chunk of time. Like I wasn't like, 
you know, straight out of school. And it was like, okay, this person's going to be able to sort of step in and do some things right away. Um, I think, I think that, I think that was it. No, I mean, I think they're the cool part about the fellowship is getting to work in lots of different areas. So I think there's definitely value in having experience in a lot of different areas. And I think for me, that's what I tried to do is just accumulate as much experience. Like, you know, as a player, a coach, a strength and conditioning coach worked in, you know, did sports business marketing, uh, just tried to touch as much as I could. And, um, actually like the first year I applied, I didn't get it. And it was, I think, because they said, Hey, you've a lot of different experience in a lot of different areas. Uh, we need you to have a little bit of a guide on where you want to really focus. So took a couple of years of coaching and, um, you know, really dove into that aspect of it. And yeah, no, I mean, I think, I don't know, it's hard to say why they choose you over. There's lots of really good candidates and, um, you know, I guess they just get a good feel. And I, you know, I mean, I, I, I think they chose right. So <laughs> I mean, I'm not, not going to fight them on it. So <laughs> now kind of building on, building on that question, what do you think for people that might be applying in, in this upcoming right now, what do you think that they could do to help better their chances of getting selected? I think, I think the big thing is like, why are you unique? Like, no and I have like some similarities, but like there are very some like glaring things of like, oh, this is what winter brings and this is what Noah brings. And like they can bring that at like a really high level. And like, you know, there's gonna be a ton of people who have coaching experience. There's gonna be a ton of people who have like some sort of like scouting experience or who have medical or whatever it is, but it's like what makes you stand out? Because like you're gonna be stacked up with people who are similar. Um, but there has, there has to be that thing where you, you can show like, oh yeah, I, so-and-so was like that person. I remember, I remember them being able to clearly like demonstrate that and clearly communicate that. It's a big thing. Clarity is huge. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. I think you have to kind of show that first off, you'd be able to survive having to wear a different hat every day and not really knowing what to expect and, uh, being thrown into the fire a little bit. And then, yeah, like Winter said, like show, how you would add value, right? Because as much as this is a learning experience for you, that you know, you also need to, you know, provide something for them because they're investing time and resources into you and developing you as a person. And, you know, like it's not just for you to stand around and watch, like you got to be ready to go and ready to do stuff. So um, yeah, having a bit of work experience in areas and just, you know, showing where you'd fit in. Might be a stupid question. Um, are you guys both still presently? working with the route or like the organization or is it as the fellowship happens, then you kind of go on other things. Like what? I, I honestly, yeah, yeah. That's my question. That is a good question. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> you want to take that one? Yeah. I am actually no longer working with the, with the Raptors. It is a year long program. Um, but I was very lucky to get a job with another team that I'm starting shortly. So obviously you can't work for two NBA teams at the same time. Um, I'm still waiting for my visa, so I'm going to like, fingers crossed, not say too much, but the whole idea of it is that you're getting a job in the NBA at some point, whether that's with the Raptors or elsewhere, like that's really up to you and sort of what opportunities you get. But, um, yeah, the whole idea is like, you're going to like, Noah's definitely going to get a job after this. Like he's fantastic and has really built up like a, a great resume and like great skill set and like that's where that's what this opportunity is about like helping you pave your your career and getting you yeah yeah Yeah. we're at the yeah we're at the six month point and went has already thrived and succeeded and (laughs) got the job a little bit of luck came my way (laughs) half a year i'm gonna (laughs) finish it out solo sad uh happy for winter um but you know obviously it's been awesome doing this with her so yeah uh, that's good. That's good. Um, okay. Well, even kind of build building on that a little bit more, where would you, I guess, so obviously a lot of people are going to be applying and there's going to be so many people from different backgrounds, different education levels, different experience levels, whole bunch of different things. What do you think, I guess, the Raptors most need, I guess, I'm not mostly, but they're going to start p- preparing people to get ready for the NBA and, you know, hopefully the, the Raptors too, but What's one area of the Raptors that you think that they most need help in? I mean, I think what, you know, with the NBA, everyone's trying to get that edge. I mean, I think they're looking for people that push that edge and, you know, are innovators in their fields, right? Like, you know, they're not just looking for, there's, you know, how many coaches out there, right? Like, you know, like 
what do you do that sets you apart? And like, how have you been trying to break those boundaries and push those barriers? Like you look at coach nurses route to, you know, getting this job, like he experimented in a lot of different areas and tried a lot of new things. And, you know, it's, you got to find a way to stand out, you know, show how you could be a team player and fit in, but also show like, how are you going to help push the Raptors to the next step? You know? Yeah. I I think it's like, you're not necessarily going to look to like check boxes like, Oh, I've done this and I'm good. Like I've done this. It's like, what have you, what sort of specialty have you carved out for yourself? So I like, I would say like, given with the, the population I worked with in the past, like I was really all about development, whether it was like medically, whether it was like from a coaching perspective, whether it was like a personal development thing, like I was working with young people and I was helping send them off to like their next step. Like that was sort of like my lens. Um, so like being able to put your own like spin on it and like being able to add, you know, we'll always go back to saying this, like, how are you going to add value with, with, you know, what you can do? Awesome. Very cool. Um, I, I got a couple more. So now dream job. So when I was a kid, not a kid, when I was a little bit younger, I was at my dream job. I wanted to be like senior vice president, MLSE sports marketing, like, boom, that's what I'm going to be. Obviously. Took a different, took a different path. Um, what are your dream jobs? The dream still being written. Honestly, I never can answer this question because what it was like five years ago is completely different. Like when I was a kid, I wanted to be a doctor. That didn't obviously happen. Um, and then now I'm like, I just want to be, I think I want to end up being in a leadership position. So like, however that sort of comes out um, and like being able to like help make decisions um, and push things forward and like, you know, always looking at things at a, a lens of like player care and, and making sure we're doing the best to support our players. I think that's ultimately what that looks like in an individual role. I don't know. I might have to make it. We'll see. Um, but I think, I think that's the direction I'm headed. Yeah. Um, I, I would say, I think the cool thing about working in the sports field is it's a nonlinear path and that you're going to end up bouncing around a lot. And so I think like, honestly, my dream is to work a lot of cool, different opportunities. Like right now I'm really pursuing the coaching lens and I want to work at a pretty high level as a coach, but like, you know, I think the thing you see in the sports world is one opportunity leads to the next. And then, you know, maybe it's being in a management position with a team and, you know, maybe it's working with a team overseas and then you're, you know, working at a college here. Like, I mean, it would be, it'd be cool to be a, you know, a college coach and really build a program and, um, yeah, no, like, I, I think that's the exciting part. Um, and like the amazing part about starting my journey in the NBA, you know, with this fellowship is that like, man, what a great way to start learning from, you know, spending, you know, one day with coaches, one day with medical, one day with management, like, you know, and just like all the casual conversations you have every day, you know, at lunch in the weight room with staff, like it's, you know, like those are, those are great ways to learn from their experience and how they got to where they were as you know yeah so i guess like going back to you know dream job i think it's to work a lot of different jobs in sport and i think like like winter said it'd be cool to be in a leadership position you know one of those days soon makes sense good answers i like those (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome that's honestly my uh like i'm being honest that you went at the beginning you made a point you made a comment which is interesting because you know like a lot of people don't think about dreaming to grow up and play like you know working on the business side of the of sports, if you almost want to dream to grow up to play. So I might be one of the few exceptions. I, um, my, I grew up in a family or my, you know, uh, entrepreneurial family. So I, I was actually from a young age, like I was always like in the office with my dad's. I saw, you know, the business side of just how business was run. I just thought business mm-hmm. was business. I didn't know the difference. Right. Yeah. And when I started going to raps games, I was definitely not the athletic type. Like I played a lot of sports, but mm-hmm. definitely would never have made it. So from an early age, I was like, I was like, if I could, I want, I love sports. So like, I was like, I would love to be in sports. Like, what would I want to do? And I honestly, from when I was a kid, being a GM of a sports team has always been like number one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, it's just like, that's honestly been my dream job from the beginning. And I might be one of the, one of the few, if, if, if only, because I think most people like, I know Ricky probably would have wanted to play in the, in the NHL or something, but um, yeah, no fun fact. George, George was the type of kid that would play like GM mode in and, and Madden or something. Yeah. Just skip all the games and just making trades. He's 100%. like 20 years into the game after day one. Like. 
No, that's amazing. It's an interesting position. Like, you know, just seeing Masai and Bobby work this week during the trade deadline, like it seems pretty cool. Like I think that's, that's what you're in it for. And like, yeah, no, it's, it's interesting because there's just such like, like, there's no like direct way to becoming the GM of a team. And it's just like years of accumulated experience. And I think if you get there, like, man, like what a cool opportunity. And like, I think now that like, like you said, like it's, it'd be, it'd be something pretty, pretty cool to do. I, I got to cut another side question. No, I don't know if you would have been there by then, but went to maybe you would for the NBA draft. Were you guys already part of the fellowship for that? Yeah, we were both, we were both there. We weren't in the room. But we were like there for the draft workouts. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. is it like shoot? Is I just watched Draft Day the other day with my dad. It's the one movie. It's a football movie with Kevin Costner, mm-hmm. and uh, that's obviously way blown out of proportion. But what's like Draft Day like? Is it <laughs> what you think it is like, or is it just no? TV <laughs> does a bad job of. Portrayed. Draft Day is one of my favorite, like unintentionally funny movies. <laughs> GM showed up on the day of and said, We're trading for the number one pick. Oh, wait, I don't know anything about him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like that would <laughs> not be a thing. <laughs> I watched you don't it. pick him because his name's written on a piece of paper. Yeah. It was always Monte Zach. Monte yeah. Mac. <laughs> I watched it for the first time. I watched that movie for the first time like two weeks ago. My, my, uh, Give a shout out to my brother in law and my sister. They um they were they were like saying it's so good. You gotta watch. You love sports. As soon as it started, I was like, as a diehard sports fan, I already hate this movie because there's none of this would happen. I'm like, this makes no sense. Also, like, who would trade up to only then trade down? Like that that would that is, I don't think in the history in the history of sport has that ever happened. Like I don't think it's ever happened. Like like I'm like no one does that. It's probably like, I understand. I understand it's to hype it up and get you know, the casual fan to like buy into the draft. It's you know, it, so it's kind of fun to watch, but yeah, anyways, I, I would agree unintentionally funny. And I was just saying the whole time, I'm like, this would never happen. This would never happen. Like, the coach is not coming in and flipping a table before the draft, like, he'd be fine. Yeah. It's not happening, <laughs> you know. It's, it's imagining like saying the Mighty Ducks is a realistic hockey movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or like Air Bud is a realistic basketball movie <laughs> or football, whatever sport that dog yeah, played. It's, it's dramatic. Even, even the kids sitting on the bench as Air Bud was playing has got to be a blow to the ego. Imagine <laughs> <laughs> a dog gets picked over you. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, <laughs> From that kid's perspective, <laughs> you you can tell that story. Right? I'm gonna be a oh. good one to kind of to, to, to hit this uh, yeah. on the end. So we've got a, a good friend of ours and he play he wanted to play football uh, growing up and he's a big diehard football fan, big Dallas Cowboys fan. And uh, he's just not the most athletic person, right? Even as a kid. So uh, he signed up for football, small, smaller guy. And he tells a story about one day how he was going to play, but the coach put in a kid with a broken arm over him instead. And he's like, coach, he's got a broken arm. You can't put him in over me. <laughs> It's like that's gotta be one of those oh. moments. Uh, yeah, like yeah, this was yeah. this wasn't for me. <laughs> this wasn't meant for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, but, uh, before we wrap up, I I want to ask one question that I kind of always ask everybody: uh, is what's what's twenty two got in store for both of you? We kind of already know a little bit about winter. Yeah, no, I'll let you take that. I'm I'm <laughs> planning a move and like trying to <laughs> figure out my life right now. So. That's what it's got for me. <laughs> um, obviously, so second half of the year of the fellowship. Um, so trying to finish that out strong. I feel like slowly been trying to carve out a niche within the organization and create as good an opportunity to be brought back on for next year as possible. Um, and yeah, like I guess putting myself out there as much as possible. I feel like this might be uh, as marketable I've ever uh, been to date. So, I uh, definitely want to see what's out there. And I mean, I mean, obviously, I mean, dream organizations to work with, I'm kind of, you know, got my foot in the door with them as it is. So, <laughs> uh, trying to do my best to create an opportunity there and see what else is out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, second half of the year for the fellowship, uh, it's going to be a decent amount of time working with coaching staff. I still have a rotation with PR to do, um i'm trying to think what else working with uh 
uh, our ADI group and uh, got to do basketball beyond borders, which unfortunately was supposed to be in Me- uh, was supposed to be in Cleveland for over All Star break, but got pushed back. But now going to do it in Mexico, so that'll be, that'll be a good event. Uh, I think definitely got Mexico beats Cleveland. Yeah, yeah I, I, for I, I, sure. Pretty fair yeah. to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, no, that's a year. It's going to be interesting to see at the end of this sort of six months. Um, what opportunities arise um but just kind of gonna try and get ready for whatever that might be all right perfect um well before i guess we're gonna start to wrap up but if people want to find out more about you individually noah winter where can they go how can they find you so about us individually you can find me on linkedin winter desta um we have our raptors fellow instagram page which is at raptors fellow and um, if you want to learn more about the fellowship, you can go to fellowship.raptors.com um, to check out the application. Yeah. That was great, Winter. That was really good. <laughs> I was going to do the fellows one too. I just oh. I minimized the digital screen, so I had it on the side. That was good though. Thank I, you. I missed something though, Noah. Can you fill in the date? Because I didn't add that part. I, I was on a roll. I have it too. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So like went to sadly, uh, if you're trying to connect with us personally, probably best LinkedIn. Um, yeah. And then fellows page and applications are open uh, from now. It's currently open until February 25th. Um, apply online at the, on the website went to mentioned and yeah, no, if you want to learn more, it's, there's lots of good stuff on the Instagram and the Facebook page. We did a virtual sort of Q and a session. If you have questions, like they're probably on there. So yeah. <laughs> love, love it. All right, guys. And if you've made it to the end of this, we appreciate you. Thanks for listening. Give Head up Noah and Winter on LinkedIn. Give us a follow. Georgie's off socials, but you can find George on LinkedIn too. And other than that, cheers. Stay tuned until next time. Cheers, guys. All right. See you guys. Thanks for having us. All right. You like to drink and to smoke to take away the pain. And I don't remember all of my mistakes in every high. Got alone. No one thing. You're not alright. I'm not alright. Yeah.